any person who has engaged in premarital sex and they tell you that there are no consequences, no negative things, <laughs> I assure you that person is a liar. There's right, nobody right. who I've or ever in met. Yeah. E- either one, they lying because yep. there are negative consequences. They just may, may be, as you said, you know, unaware of them or in denial of them. But let's be real. Myself, I've engaged in premarital All right, all right. We want to welcome you to Simplify Complexity, your relationship podcast. No matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing, we are always honored that you would be here and that you would join us. You are tuning in to a two-part series, and this is the second part of that series where we have special guest Jay Emanuel from Right to Real Love Radio podcast joining us. And our discussion is centered around the impacts of premarital sex. First, I want to encourage you to go to the website, Simplify Complexity. There you can gain more information and resources about what we're doing. If you have questions, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you have topic ideas, please share those. Lastly, make sure you subscribe so that way you get the latest updates of our podcast. So with no further delay, let's jump right back into this conversation. Brian, I truly believe that this topic really boils down to the condition of a person's heart because Mm. it is our heart that is going to determine the decisions that we make and the consequences that we reap as a result of those decisions that we make. And I'm always reminded of the scripture, above all else, guard your heart, (laughs) you know, for everything you do flows from it. And this is another example of that. When a person does not guard their heart above all else, it leads them to make decisions such as having having sex before they get married. And then guess what? Every other decision that you make, every other experience that comes from you making that decision or not guarding your heart is going to flow from that. And you have to reap those consequences, you know, some a lot more drastic than others. But, you know, there's typically always going to be some consequences that come along with it. You know, one of the fallacies I think that comes about um, and this isn't the area of sex, but I think just period where we feel like there's a switch that all of a sudden we can just turn on when we're ready. And all of a sudden we're going to be you know, spiritual, you know, He-Man or The Rock or something. <laughs> We're going to be the spirit. You're and right. So it's that like, is no, it's like either that's something that you're practicing on a regular basis. You're practicing mm-hmm. those spiritual disciplines and then it helps you. So when the pressure does come on, you're, you're able to practice them even more. And so that, right. that whole concept that, oh, I can show sexual restraint and discipline when I want, when I get married is a fallacy. If you're struggling to do it when you're single, if you're struggling to do it before you're married and all of a sudden you're 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 struggling with sexuality and as far as having multiple sexual partners before you're married, what what makes you think all of a sudden you're not going to struggle when you get married? You will. Here's the thing. Spiritual maturity is not developed in an hour. It's not developed Mm -hmm. overnight. It is something that we are constantly having Working. to work yep. towards. Yep. Yep. It is not something that you reach the finish. Oh, I'm sorry. I hit my mic. It's not something that you are reaching the finish line and can say, oh, I made it. I'm spiritually mature now. <laughs> Nothing affects me. Like, nah, I guess I promise you, you yep. will find some new challenges that will test areas of your spiritual maturity that you never even knew existed because yep. now you're on a higher level, you know, for lack of a better term. So I'm with you. I think spiritual maturity plays a role into that decision that a person makes. And to be completely honest, I feel like a lot of people who engage in premarital sex are not well versed or very spiritually mature. I know I wasn't. 
When I made yeah. those decisions, I wasn't spiritually mature. I and wasn't people don't want to hear that. Things. I don't want to hear that I'm not spiritually mature. You're right. But, but if right. you're operating outside of God's though, will. Because they're not going to so, be able to change. <laughs> yeah, but, right. Exactly. So if you're operating out of God's will so willfully, so um, almost rebelliously, then, yeah, there is a sign of spiritual immaturity because you're not understanding God's full plan and desire. And again, it's not to oppress you but it's actually to liberate you because now you become enslaved to sin. It's so big. It gets so, I mean, not to sin, but to sex and into sin. And it's just so interesting how our culture has twisted things. And all of a sudden we feel like, well, I'm liberated if I can do what I want. And we don't realize that, no, you're actually becoming more of a slave to those mm-hmm. things, but neither here nor okay. there. Let's get to another uh, point. Uh, what's another impact of premarital sex that you would have? Okay, since we kind of went to one end of the spectrum, I'm going to take us back to another end of the spectrum, which isn't something that is, you know, as hard hitting, I suppose. Okay. This is something that I've definitely experienced the consequences of, which is when you get involved with a person that was a good friend, whether it was a friend, a situationship, or an actual <laughs> relationship that you were with somebody. It doesn't matter. Pick any of the three and you engage in some form of sexual behavior with this person, whether that's going all the way or not. What happens is you often will lose a good friendship after you engage in that behavior. I've seen Mm. it happen to me time and time again. And after the last time, I really started to kick myself because I was like, man, like that was a really great woman. But because I crossed these boundaries now, when she crosses my mind, I can't just hit her up because it's not just a friendship. We have history there now. There's there's more to it than it was before those boundaries were crossed. And to me, that is a consequence that I never really took into consideration when I was younger and immature. And even once I made decisions like that, after I thought I was operating in spiritual maturity and thought I knew things and, you know, had a had a fall, I realized that some things you can't fix. And I've realized in my experience that losing friendships, good friendships at that, after you engage in certain behavior and cross certain boundaries is definitely something that will be an impact of having premarital sex. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. I think uh, one that I would like to add and I have kind of written down is the impact of the home. And, And so as we look at God's desire for marriage and sex and one of the the impacts or some one of the results of sex is many times people having children and you're building this family. And, and so one of the negative impacts is when you have children out of wedlock. And so as a result of premarital sex, now somebody gets pregnant and then now you have this child where they're brought into this world, but not brought into the union that God desired for the father and mother to have. And one of the systemic issues that we're finding with inside of our culture is we have split homes. We, we have homes where the father is not present. We have homes where the mother is not present. And then God forbid you have the challenge of the father and mother just going at it. And they're using their child as a pawn and where I'm going to hurt him or I'm going to hurt her through me taking the child or me taking child support. And it just brings so much drama and so much mess. And that's not God's plan. That's not God's desire. And, and so when we have premarital sex, that is one of the, the visual 
impacts that we can see all around us. All you have to do is open your eyes and you see so many broken homes and that's not God's desire. And mind you, I know that there are also broken homes as a result of divorce, and that, but that's a whole different discussion. But if you look throughout our culture and society of how many children that have been born out of wedlock and those parents that have never gotten married, is, is that's one of the things that that's not God's desire. God says, I want you to be committed not only to the relationship and the marriage, but I want you to be committed to the kids that come from this beautiful act of sex. Most definitely. You know, it it has its ramifications even in the Bible. You know, when we look at Abraham, you know, understanding mm. what happened with Hagar, you know, she got yep. put out. <laughs> hey, the man, you really think that that man, and this is a man that had his child, and that mother with him for quite some time. But then his wife was like, nah, they brought she got to go. It brought that, that, it was, brought that it, tension. Like that, was about. that like the first baby mama? You know, oh, man. Mama, Did you just say mama? that? Oh, Yo, <laughs> that's hilarious. I ain't never heard anybody say that before. That's funny, though. The first baby mama. That's classic. But it, it, was, it was straight drama. And now here's the cold part, right? Uh, Is that that was Sarah's suggestion. Yeah. Sarah was like, go ahead. And so we we have to be, we can't go off of what we feel and, mm -hmm. and what we have to just see what God's plan is and desire for us. And we have to trust him. And because our feelings will take us in the wrong direction. The, the Proverbs tells us that, you know, there's a way that seems right unto a person, but that way is death. Mm -hmm. We got to be careful that we don't become enslaved to our feelings. That's so, right. All right. Did you have another? Oh, man, there are so many. I think one that I think is really important for us to touch on is just the impact of it weakening our discipline. You know, I don't think many of us as human beings are very disciplined to begin with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you add in engaging in premarital sex and see, you start to stir up those, those sexual um, hormones within yourself, it really does not... It doesn't bid well, you know, for being a very disciplined individual. In fact, just the opposite. I think that it works towards eroding a person's discipline and it makes it extremely difficult to curb that desire for sex once you have, you know, kind of awakened love before it's time. If you want to quote Song of Solomon, you know, when yeah, we do yeah. that, it puts us in a position where now we're, we're fighting more than the battles that already come with life. You know, now we got to deal with this, you know, this sexual monkey or in some cases gorilla <laughs> on some people's back yep, yep. and on, you know on. it can be extremely challenging to do that you know whether that is people who have engaged in um premarital sex actually having sex with uh, a person or in some cases even pornography man you know people get drawn into on, that you know watching yep. other people engage in premarital sex and it can still have an impact it will have an impact on that person's ability to break those addictions and also being able to curb those desires. And we already know the different ramifications that can happen in a relationship as a result of people who aren't very disciplined, especially when it comes to their sexual drive. I agree with that 100%. I'm so glad that you mentioned pornography because sometimes we, and that, that's almost a whole nother topic where we don't understand that impact of even pornography and what it does to our sex life. And, mm -hmm. and and so we just have to see that it's all connected. Sex is something that is meant to be pure and not something that's just this thing that it only has a 
uh, physical connection to. And, and I think we have to understand that there is a spiritual side of it and it begins to, to impact that spiritual side. And if we only see it as what feels good and it's just about what's pleasurable, we, we don't understand what that bond and that spiritual connection is supposed to be. I, I do want to add to you know what you were saying as far as discipline. And one of the things that's important is that once a person gets married, you're not all of a sudden going to not have sexual arousal from other people. You're not going to all of a sudden not be attracted to other people. And so one of the things that comes to my mind is we do have to have that discipline before we get married. And we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but we do have to have that discipline because just because I'm attracted to somebody doesn't mean all of a sudden now I get sexually involved with that person. And how does that work? If I lack the discipline to have an attraction to somebody, but not have sex with them, then how does that work when I do get married and I find myself attracted to somebody else? Again, is it all of a sudden poof, I'm going to become disciplined and, and not be led by my lust? You know, so that's a great, great point. Oh, yeah, you're right. And the thing about it is it becomes even difficult, even more difficult in cases where the person wants to have sex with that individual. Right. You know, yeah. that's one of the reasons why a lot of the men that I've spoken to who have been married men who have engaged in infidelity, it in many cases wasn't something that they initiated. You know, which means you need to be even more disciplined, like you stated, <laughs> as a man. What do you do? You know, it's not like once you get married, other other women are still going to be attracted to you. And let's yeah, just be yeah. honest. We talked about it going back to the beginning of the show. You know, that that, that sexual liberation, part of, part of that, you got a, a small collection. I'm going to say a very small collection, a group of those women that are a part of that. They don't care if a man is married. That They don't care. What do you do? They do you don't. I always say there's a quite a few that the Bible talks about a lot about the seductress. Right there in Proverbs, man. You got to watch she that. Waiting. You got to watch the seductress. And, so, and you got to listen to your wife because the wife knows that, that whole concept of, oh, well, baby, we just friends. And, and ba- you know, and, and it's like we cool. And it's like, no, you got you got to know that she is sensing something. You got to women know women. And so women are yeah. like, no, like you need to cut that off and, and you know, stop IG and you know, messaging them in IG. It's like, yeah. stop that because I agree she with you. knows. I agree with you, but at the same time, I feel like men do have a personal responsibility to develop that discipline within themselves. Like, oh, I don't no want to give no, no I don't want to get no man no cop out with like my wife ain't say nothing, she ain't nah, bruh. Like <laughs> you if if you read Proverbs, the one thing it tells us to be aware of with that impure woman is her tongue. That means cut off communication. Don't allow those women to speak. Just keep it. Sh- Keep it short. Like, I appreciate that. Bye. Got to go. That's the point. That's the way you curb it. We already know, men, we visual. You going to look. All right. You can't. Don't entertain it. Don't don't, entertain it. Don't gouge your eyes out. But what you do have control over is how much you allow that woman to speak into your life. Because I guarantee you, if you allow her tongue to let that flow, that honey, as it talks about in Proverbs, man, oh, man, you're going to find yourself in that situation that it talks about in Proverbs, and it's not a good one. You know, they talk about one instance where it leads to your death, and then there's another instance where if you mess around with a married woman, when her husband finds out, it ain't going to be nothing you can pay <laughs> him and bring. nothing that you can say to him that's going to make him be like, I understand, brother, and I'm going to let you off the hook. Nah. <laughs> Problem. Yeah, it ain't going to be pretty. 
Nah. And we're not, we're not justifying violence for anybody listening. Not at all. Make sure about I, that. I mean, we quoting the Bible. <laughs> I'm quoting the Bible. The Bible. I, I got you. I, like, know, yeah, I, I mean, you know, some men, you know, some people, they just, well, you know, they said on the podcast. So, um, all right. So I'm going to go ahead and this will be my last point. And I, I want to get your, I want you to finish with a point. Um, and the last point that I have written down is the baggage that we bring into our new relationship. And so when we are involved in premarital sex, we make a connection and a bond with every person that we have sex with. We have an experience that we have with them. And what's happening is regardless if you are conscious of it or not, you're bringing that into this next relationship. Or when you do finally get married, you're bringing all that experience. You're bringing all of that stuff with you. And and so one of the scriptures that I really want to point out, and I actually want to read this entire scripture, um, it comes from Proverbs 5, uh, verse 18. It says, let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth. As a loving deer and a graceful doe, let her breasts satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. And so there's a, there's a lot of things that you can pull out of this particular scripture, but the one that I want to pull out and I want to connect with the point that I was bringing up as far as baggage is it's hard to be enraptured with her love. It's hard to be um, the, the, the word that it says satisfied with her breasts. When I'm constantly thinking about the next person's breast or that that past experience of the breast, and so her breast ain't like the the breast I was with, or or his stuff ain't like like his stuff was, and and he didn't do it like he the other person did, and she ain't working it like you know, and so you have all this comparison, and with all this comparison, now that you struggle with satisfaction, you're bringing all this sexual baggage and in, and in, into this next relationship. And we got to realize that that is a problem because now what's supposed to be uh, an experience in a bond that you share and that is new with one another. Now you bring in all this extra expectations and, and that's where pornography also can play a negative impact. You're expecting all of a sudden your wife, your husband to fulfill and do what these people are doing. And that, and that's not reality and it negatively impacts marriage. And so what are your thoughts on that, man? I'm in agreement with you. And it reminds me of a very profound statement that I heard Dr. Miles Monroe share, where he touched on answering that question of, you know, why did God not want men and women to have sex before marriage? And he broke it down so clear. And it was like an aha moment for me. Hmm. He put it just like this. It was so that they wouldn't have bad memories because that ties into exactly what you talked about. When we engage in premarital sex, we start to feel our mental Rolodex with the picture of other people's anatomy, with other experiences, even with pornography. You start to have those images in your mental Rolodex. And now when you're married, you're not just looking at what is in front of you, that husband or that wife and the things that you guys are engaging in, but your your mind is running rampant with all of these other images, all of these other memories, all of these other thoughts that you have stored over the years. Yep. So when I heard that, I was like, wow, that is Indeed. so right. Because I mean, I know it. Like there are times when, you know, a, just, a thought would just pop up in your mind. Like, yep. oh man, you yep. know what I'm saying? Like, where did that come where from? Where did that come from? It, yep. it came man. from that past experience and, and something you can, you just awoke in it. You can't put it away. Once it's there, it's there. Oh, you can't. That, that's good. You know, it's always laying in the cut, right? There we go. <laughs> All right, well, well, man, please share. Did you have a, another kind of last point that you wanted to, to share with our audience? 
Yeah, and it's so interesting because similar to you, my closing point was going to be a scripture. You know, okay. I talked about earlier the scripture where it tells us to guard our heart above all else, you know, or above all else, guard your heart because uh, out of it flows everything, you know. Well, that focuses in, in my personal opinion, guarding ourselves from external factors. But mm. there is a scripture that also speaks to the internal aspect of our heart that we need to be just as aware of. And that's over in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse nine, where it says, the heart is deceitful above all things Come on. and desperately wicked who can know it. So this lets us know that, yeah, we need to guard our heart from other people, but at the same time, we need to guard our heart from ourselves. Yeah. And the way we do that is by limiting behavior that will put us in positions where we have to reap some terrible consequences. And we need to be reminded that our heart is deceitful above all things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love those. I love those points because it speaks it speaks in definite, like above all things, the most deceitful thing is it, it, not it's not your, your ex, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it, it, it's not it's not the adversary or some enemy. No, the most deceitful thing above all things is the heart. So that means it's vitally important for us not to be deceived by our heart, which means we need to be examining the things that are coming and flowing through our gates, our eye gates, our ear gates, and being aware of what we are storing in that mental Rolodex, what's leading us to make certain decisions, such as the decision we're talking about today, which is to engage in premarital sex. So I just wanted to leave the listeners with that, that we need to be aware that our heart is deceitful and we need to be evaluating the things that we're letting into our heart and what our heart is trying to lead us to do. Yeah. Man, that was, this is such a good topic, man. We've been hitting some great points. And, <laughs> and just to finish on that point, I mean, that that's such a, uh, uh, so valuable. And I really hope that our listeners are really catching that because we do deceive ourselves. If, if we think that we can engage in premarital sex and, or we can get, um, sexually involved that and we can separate our feelings. It doesn't always work like that. And sometimes, you know, one of the things that I see is people end up getting connected physically prematurely before they have an opportunity to really test a person's character. Mm -hmm. And as a result, now they've gotten emotionally invested into something that they haven't had time to make sure that that person is worthy of your heart. So kind of bringing it back to, you know, protecting your heart, how your heart's deceive it, how we can deceive it is sometimes um, through the acts of physical intimacy, we give somebody our hearts prematurely mm -hmm. and we end up getting hurt. And we're wondering why am I always hurt? Why is this always happening to me? And you might be listening right now and you, you, you might be thinking that right now. It's like, why <laughs> me? Why is this always happening to me? And part of that is because we're deceiving ourselves. We're thinking that, okay, well, I like this person and I'm going to go ahead and give them my heart. I'm going to begin to get intimate, close with them intimately, even if it's not all the way to the point of sex, but we can, we can get really close to sexual involvement and in we're not necessarily having sexual intercourse. And right. all that has a play into our emotions and we're giving a part of ourselves to that person before it goes back to our first point. 
before they've really committed to the contract, before they really committed to you. And so uh, don't deceive yourselves. That, that's, a, that's a great point. Most definitely. Most so, definitely. Yeah. Well, man, uh, Jay, I really appreciate you joining us today. <laughs> I appreciate the, the knowledge that you had to share. Is there anything that you want to share with the, the listeners, man? I'm just so grateful for this opportunity, man. Thank you for extending the invitation for me to come on and be a guest here on your podcast and to speak to your listeners. And like you said, I truly hope and pray that something that we share today is beneficial. That'll help people. For those of you who have yet to make a decision to engage in premarital sex, hopefully it keeps you strengthened in staying the course and not being swayed to, you know, go and engage in something that truly will produce some of the consequences. Maybe not all of the things that we talked about today, but it'll likely produce some of them. I guarantee you that. So just continue to stay the course if you are. And even for those of you who have who already engaged in premarital sex, I just want to encourage you to continue to strengthen yourself, continue to strengthen your discipline. And the best way to do that is by staying in the word, becoming more spiritually mature, as we talked about, and that'll enable you to fight off those urges, fight off those memories and, you know, take control because that's truly the way that you'll be sexually liberated and free by making the right decision and doing it God's way. There you go. There you go. Well, uh, I want to thank you again. Um, we want to encourage our listeners. Uh, please don't forget to go to the website, simplifycomplexity.org. Uh, there you can find more information and more resources of what we're doing. I want to encourage you to check out Right to Real Love Radio and, and some of the great things that Jay is doing. And he's been doing it. Actually, he's been doing it longer than me. And so, um, you know, he's he's been really just uh, setting the groundwork when it comes to relationship podcasting and, and offering biblical relationship advice. So we appreciate just the, the, the effort and the time that you have been putting in over the years. Um, and so, and actually, Jay, I want to ask that you pray. Do you mind praying us out? Not at all. Not at all. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for all the things that you have shared with us today. Your Holy Spirit was definitely with us. He spoke through me. He spoke through Pastor Brian and shared the things that the real lovers or the real lovers and the listeners out there who are tuning in needed to hear. And we just ask that you continue to strengthen us regardless of the decisions that we may have made in our past. We ask that you allow us to spend time in your word refreshing ourselves, strengthening our spirit, our minds, and our souls, and helping us get to a place where we truly desire to do your will, and we are committed to doing just that. Amen. 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 All right. God bless you. God keep you. Until next time. Short or tall, I said it before and I'll say it again. If Christ is in you, then all of us are king. Stand up, 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 stand up